Hey, thanks, Papa. <laughs> you heard about volleyball, did you? <laughs> All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. All right. It's good to be gathered together again, and uh, looks like we have another warm day ahead of us, but that's all right. Um, I'd like to open up with a word of prayer. I'll have you all stand to your feet, if you can, and uh, let's commit this time to the Lord that we're worshiping this morning. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful even when we are not, Lord, and that you continue to draw us to yourself, Lord. God, your word says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you, Father. So help us to come to you this morning and come to your throne of grace, Lord, not only for ourselves, but also for our loved ones, Lord, and, and for those you've placed in our lives to share your love with, God. We ask that your anointing would follow on us afresh this morning and that you would draw us to you, God. I pray that our fellowship could be sweet. And Lord, as we spend this time and um, this short time in just praising you through these songs, I pray that our hearts would be tuned towards you, Lord, and that you would receive the glory that, you're, that you are so worthy of, Lord. And thank you for everyone that's here. We just lift your name high. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'd like to open up with uh, Psalms chapter 51. I was reading this this morning. It really uh, stuck out to me. Starting in verse 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Um, there is joy in the presence of God, and there is... His salvation is so full of joy. And sometimes we get caught up in life, and, and we kind of forget that. And we just go on about, and all of a sudden we're all overwhelmed and all, you know, depressed and whatever. And uh, that just is my prayer this morning, that the Lord would restore to each one of us the joy of his salvation. So let's, let's actually sing that chorus. We don't have, I didn't tell Ethan to put the words up, but I think we all know it by heart. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. all stand. We'll sing, Bless the Lord, O my soul, worship his holy name. He is so worthy. Bless the Lord, O my soul.
my strength is failing. The end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise We just worship you and lift your name, lift your name high this morning, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the gospel, Lord, for sending your son Jesus to die, Lord, and to take our sin and our shame and guilt and nail it to the cross and set us free. Thank you for that, Lord. Amen. All right. If anyone has any, uh, does anyone have a testimony or a praise report or a prayer request? I'd just like to open it up. Um, apologize about that guitar blasting all of a sudden. I think maybe we have a faulty cable or something. So uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we have an extra cable or not. If not, I guess that's okay. But yeah, anyways, in the meantime, I'll just open it up. You can be seated and uh, like to open it up for a prayer request or a, uh, the Lord's laid something on your heart to share. Addison, do you mind taking care of him? <laughs> Your shirts match, so I thought you guys could get together.
Just in my own life, a quick testimony. This was this, uh, the week before, actually. This past week I was working. You know, a lot goes on in your head when you're working. For me, I'm building a shed, and I just kind of go on autopilot, and I'm just doing my thing, and I'm thinking about, you know, my mind's somewhere completely different. And uh, it was uh, pretty hot one day, and I, was, I had a headache, and, and uh, then some clouds came and blocked out the sun. I had some nice shade to work to work in, and I was, still, I was still just discouraged for some reason. I came home and I was like, oh man, it's just, you got know, I'm feeling the best, and, and all at once it was like, you know what? Right at the time when I was just about to put the shingles on, the Lord sent these clouds to cover the sun and give me shade. And here I am complaining that I have a headache and I don't feel good. You know, it's all about perspective. The Lord is so good to us and he does all these little things if we just take note. And... Uh, I, my testimony on this song, and I, I know pity you guys that have gone to church with me for 15 years and have heard me say this over and over, but shine, Jesus, shine. I always go back to Baima, to the Baima people group in northern China. And being back there, we would sing this song as we walked across that valley. And what, what, one of the main purposes we had, we couldn't speak the language, or most of us couldn't that were there, but was to pray over this area and what God would do there. And the reason this song always meant so much to me is, I mean, first off, we're, we're praying that God would give and shine his light into this area of China or into this people group specifically. And I don't know, I, in my mind, I can still see where we were sitting on that mountain, the view down across the valley. The, I mean, when it is green in China, it is so green. I, you, a picture cannot capture how green those rice fields are. And just sitting there looking down over to the Baima people, into that valley and then hearing singing this song but then hearing weeks later about five people that gave their heart to the Lord and so I don't know to me it's so exciting and I still look back and I still that's what I think of when I think of how Jesus shines his light do we really believe that when we sing this song shine Jesus shine do we really believe that do we pray that here for our community or are we just are we just singing it for ourselves or are we truly believing that God can do this
can be seated. Began 
Amen. All right. Does anyone else have anything to share? pray for Larry and who was the other? Alma. Alma. Okay. And I'll pray for Larry and then uh, someone else, whoever wants to, can pray for Alma. Lord, we lift up Larry to you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for uh, his life. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing. And I just pray that you would give him a special blessing today. Lord, that you would just surround him with your love and that he would just be encouraged. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you would lift him up and Commit him into your hands in Jesus' name.
great thou art. Let's sing together. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the
Praise the Lord. Good singing this morning. Well, I'll close with that, and uh, I'll turn the time over. Okay, we'll have the children come up. So does anybody remember any new ones we sang last Sunday? Wait a bit. Somebody? Somebody special? You guys all remember that one? Okay. D, I think, Jason. Just, you'll figure it out. I have every confidence in you. God made me somebody special. Somebody special. Yes, Siri. God made me somebody special. Somebody special. Yes, Siri. No We got two very sad faces up here. Anybody know who they are? So they're kind of like Hyde Waldo. Uh, I don't know. You guys don't remember life boxes with Hyde Waldos. One sat down. Um, okay. Okay. It's a new one. So you guys want to do, what was the other one that got you guys all dancing a little bit? Which one? Which one? Which one? Oh, prayers go up as your. Uh, no, not that. One. The one we just did last Sunday. You mean? Yeah. Okay. How does that start? What's the name of the song, though? Oh, yeah. How does it start, though? Oh, there you go. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, and you'll grow, 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 and you'll grow, grow, grow. Read your Bible, pray every day. 
Walking, walking, walk, walk, walk. So you guys want to come down here that way? How does it go, how does it start, honey? Soretta, how does it start? Yeah, but how's the verse start? We should have rehearsed all these again. It's a great day to praise the Lord. Okay, you know that one. G, I think. Sorry, I'm not back there with you. Okay, you want to look that way, though. It's a great day to praise the Lord. It's a great day to praise the Lord. It's a great day to praise the Lord. Walking in the light of God. Walk, walk, walk in the light. Walk, walk, walk in the light. Walk, walk, walk in the light. Okay, you got one more? God's not dead? dead? Alright. P a D. God's not out of that. Did you hear him? Did you hear him? Anna, did you hear your dad? Woo! No. I didn't either. Okay, let's try it one more time. See if we can get it really loud. Woo! Alright. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not 
have to do it again. David sat there like a bump on a log. Didn't even raise a finger. I know. All right. So let's all look at David and sing it one more time. God's not dead, no. Good job, guys. You can go back. <laughs> you can go back, bud. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> well, it sounded good. Well, good morning. I thought there for a minute maybe uh, as part of the, whoo, David was going to throw the baby up in the air, but uh, looked like he was kind of getting ready to and then had second thoughts. <laughs> well, welcome. It's so good to have you all here again this morning, and uh, just a blessing to be together. You know, I was, <clears throat> most of you were here yesterday, and it was just a, a great time to... Uh, see what the Lord has done and is doing in the lives of the Glovers and being able to all uh, fellowship and participate in that. And just great to see how, how the Lord uh, works in lives of people that uh, trust him. But also as I was thinking about that too, let's, let's continue to pray for them. It's, uh, you know, I know while it's a time of, of joy and rejoicing. I, there's also an aspect, especially with the, the kids, that uh, is an adjustment for them and, and uh, hard for them thinking of, of the past and, and that kind of thing. So let's be in prayer for them, and we can spend a little bit of time uh, praying for them as well. But also I was thinking, too, there were... Uh, Numerous people here, especially Michelle's family, her siblings that were here that are not believers, and uh, let's pray for them as well that they could see the miraculous work that God did yesterday, and that that would they could see His love through all of that, and that it would bring them to a place of repentance and uh, serving Him. I'd like to pray for them real quick here. Father, I thank you for your many blessings to us. I thank you for your faithfulness and your love. I thank you for how your love was on display yesterday, how your faithfulness was on display, and how you work all things together for your good. I thank you for... Brian and Michelle and the kids, and I just thank you for the work that you've done in their lives, and I want to lift them up to you today, and especially think of, of the kids and the adjustments that, that they face and, and all the newness of this. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them, 
give them a peace in you. And I pray that you would just continue to love them and, and lift them up to you. And I also want to pray especially for Michelle's family, her siblings, and others that may have been here yesterday who do not know you. And I pray, Father, that through the through your love that they saw on display yesterday, that they would come to trust in you and to want to experience that love for themselves. And I pray that your spirit would do a work in their lives today. And as they reflect on the wedding, that they would have their thoughts drawn to you and that your spirit would do its work in their lives. I thank you for bringing us here today. I pray that you would bless our time of fellowship. I pray that as you give us your word, that we would hear it and that we would be drawn closer to you today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, for a few announcements, I believe this week, Wednesday evening, is the women's meeting, right? Is that here, Katie? At 7 o'clock? Okay, so women's meeting here. All you women are certainly welcome to participate in that. And then uh, next Sunday, we have another uh, guest speaker. Um, many of you know or have met Philip Francis, uh, also from the Windsor Christian Fellowship. He was here yesterday. He's been out, in and out quite a lot. They actually live just a couple miles from here. But a uh, very dear brother, originally from Jamaica, uh, and is one of my co-workers as well, and just really has a heart for the Lord and a, and a heart for people. I've, I've really been blessed with seeing that in him in the, in the several years that I've known him. And he will be here uh, sharing the word with us next Sunday. So uh, come and, and listen to that, and I'm sure you'll be blessed. Are there any other announcements? Well, as usual, we have our meal afterwards, tons of leftovers from yesterday and whatever also. I guess we get... Uh, some more of uh, a delicious spicy food. So, um, any other announcements? If not, let's turn it over to Phil. I share the word <clears throat> is let's continue to pray for Brian and Michelle too that the Lord just lead them. Give them guidance. Brian, Brian is looking for a job. You know, he lost his job there at Valor Christian. And, and he seems to maybe be having some uh, openings up here with Resurrection uh, Christian School. And um, we're just praying with them. At, at this point, he, he wanted to focus on the wedding and get the wedding behind him. And then when they come back from the honeymoon, begin to pursue those, some of those interviews that, that he's having. So... Just continue to keep them on your hearts, Brian and Michelle and the children. They're open to whatever the Lord has for them, um, but uh, he, wants to, he wants to live in the will of God and know that God is leading him. So let's just take a moment and pray together. We can all audibly pray together. Father, we lift up Brian and Michelle before you, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless them, that you would keep them in your love, that you would open up doors for them, Lord, for Brian and his job. 
And Lord, that you would direct their steps, that you would guide them, Father, in the way that you have for them, Lord Jesus, in the path that you have planned and the purposes you have on your heart for them, Lord Jesus. So we just lift them up before you and pray that you would bless them and shepherd their souls and the souls of the children, Father, that you would open up doors before them, Lord, and make them a blessing wherever you lead them. In Jesus' name, amen. David, can we also pray for you and just your, your property issue there that you're having? David was sharing with a few of us that um, he's just going through some, some issues with the neighbors and just it's been an ongoing struggle, right? Almost since you bought the property. <clears throat> hmm Let's continue to pray. Father, we just lift up David and Heidi before you and their home. Lord, Father, we believe you've given them this land. I remember so well, Lord Jesus, how you opened that door for them and, and you blessed them with it. And, and Father, they've labored hard to develop it and, and make it a home for their home, for their family. So, Father, we lift it up before you and pray that you would shepherd them through this experience, that you would use this experience Lord, to let the light of Jesus Christ shine through them to those who, who may not know you or who don't know your word or who are struggling in their relationship with you. I just pray, Father, that you would use them as a minister of the gospel to share not only the love of Jesus Christ, but also the truth of your word with their neighbors and to be that light uh, and salt through their actions uh, that, Lord, they, they get the chance, the opportunity to live out your instructive word to them. So I pray that you would bless them and you would work things out, Father, for your glory. Just lead them through this experience, we pray in Jesus' name. And then one more thing, just continue to join with us for this community. I know many of you don't live here. But if I could tell you what Katie and I are hearing from this neighborhood, the cries of people's hearts for prayer, for broken relationships, the hunger and thirst that is for God here. And yet, just the bondage of sin and flesh. And I was just talking with one of the neighbor ladies, an older couple who lives one block down. And we got to know them in the last few months a little bit. Larry and Jan, we prayed for them. They're an older couple, and Larry has been a Catholic all his life. He doesn't profess Jesus Christ at all. Um, but his wife does. Jan does. And... And so she was just sharing with me this morning um, the struggles that they've been going through in their, in their life and, um, and just to cry for help and prayer. We get this every day. Every day, brothers and sisters. It seems like there's someone new who comes and knocks on our door 
or meets us on the sidewalk and just stops and wants us to, to minister and pray with someone. And so I just, I just ask you to join together with us in prayer that the Lord would come down over this neighborhood. I, I know we've been plucked up and planted here, not for ourselves, but for God's purpose uh, in people's lives, in individual people's lives, to share the gospel. Like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, we don't come to preach ourselves. We came to preach Jesus to hungry, needy souls. And I thought of the words of Jesus that he spoke in, in John chapter 4. Jesus stood up in the synagogue and, and he declared his, his purpose and his mission. Not in John 4, in Luke chapter 4, the gospel of Luke. This is what Jesus said that he came to do. The spirit of the Lord, verse 18 the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And now the Holy Spirit is upon you and I. Do you feel the same purpose that Jesus felt? Does He witness that in your heart? That's why you're here on the earth today. The Spirit of Christ has come to live within you and I for a reason, not just to save us. Not just to take us home to heaven and forgive our sins. To preach the gospel to the poor. That's the reason you're born of the Spirit. He's anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Many people are bound in sin. To their flesh. And because we're, we're here. And I'm just going to ask you as a praise. Uh, as sound team guys. Then to delete this from the video. So it's not live stream Ethan. Thank you. I want to share this with you as a church family. We're beat up. We beat up ourselves. We beat up each other. Through our words. We get beaten up just by life. And life circumstances. We become downtrodden. You know when something is downtrodden? It's the Greek word. This is the meaning. This is how they took this word downtrodden. It's when they took grapes and they crushed grapes. You know how they would crush them? They wouldn't have the fancy machines that we do today to make wine out of grapes. They would put a big pile of grapes together in this bin and they'll walk over it. And they'd walk over it until all the juice had been squeezed out of those grapes. And the juice had a little hole through it and the, in, this, in this concrete, small concrete enclosure, and the juice would run down. And finally, it was just mostly the leaves or the shells of the grapes. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel downtrodden, like one of those grapes. All the juice is just out of me. I feel like I've just been tread all over. And this community is feeling downtrodden. But Jesus has come with good news for us downtrodden people to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, to set free those who are downtrodden. 
to set our spirits free from those downtrodden experiences. And the Lord has given you and I this word of reconciliation to this community, to each other, to wherever you live, in your neighborhood. I want to read to you. George Mueller spoke these words or wrote this down. Five conditions of prevailing prayer, he called it. Number one, the entire dependence upon the merits and meditation of the Lord Jesus Christ as the only ground of any claim for blessing. When you come to God and ask him for blessing, brother, sister, what is your merit? What are you expecting and why do you think he should give it to you? Because you're asking? Because you deserve it? Because you want it? Because you're working hard for it? Because you're fasting and praying for it? Why should he answer your prayer? For blessing. George Mueller said. This is the only reason God should answer my prayer. It's because of my entire dependence on the work of Jesus Christ. And that I meditate on what he has done for me. To open up the door of God's blessing on my life. What has Jesus done for you. Number two, separation from all known sin. If we regard iniquity in our hearts, the Lord will not hear us. Psalm 66, verse 18. For it will be sanctioning sin. The repentance of any known sin, bitterness or anger or frustration with God, known sin in my life that separates my spirit from God's righteousness and the work of Jesus Christ that he's done to save us from that sin, to separate ourselves from all known sin. Number three, faith in God's word promise to you and me God's word of promise as confirmed by his oath not to believe him as to make him both a liar is to make him both a liar and a perjurer Hebrews 11 verse 6 and then number 4 asking in accordance to his will so many times in my prayer life, I've asked God for things. I don't really know if he wants me to have it, but I want it. But when you and I come and we pray in accordance to his will, and the one thing we do know is God's will, is this purpose. The spirit of the Lord is upon you because he anointed each one of his children by giving you the Holy Spirit. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim release to the captives. He has sent you to 
proclaim recovery of sight to those who are blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. We live in a year 2020 like no other, and people are scared of what's going to happen next. I talked to so many in this community who thought 2020 was going to be kind of a, yeah, 2020, good year. And now they're like, let's just get it over with and have New Year's Day. I just want out of this year. I don't know what's going to happen, someone told me. I just want it to be New Year's Day, 2021. He's so afraid of what 2020 is going to bring next. It's the favorable year of our God, 2020 is. Do you believe that? Or are you scared like the rest of the world who don't know they have a heavenly father who has proclaimed 2020 as your favorable year of his spiritual blessing over their lives? To believe God's promise and ask in accordance with his will. Our motives must be godly. We must not seek any gift of God to consume it upon our own desires and lusts. Number five, George Mueller said, importunity in supplication. There must be waiting on God and waiting for God as the husbandman has long patience to wait for the harvest. James 5 verse 7. He tells us, like a man who plants a vineyard, does he get grapes the next day? Does he get grapes the next month? No. He waits until the harvest time. And he's okay with that. But he keeps cultivating that land and those plants. We were driving down, was it yesterday or the other day? Yeah, I think it was yesterday from Laurie State Park in the wedding. And we come down County Road 33. And we were talking about all the farm fields. And we've seen people out there cultivating and pulling their weeds in this cornfield. And Katie's like, wow, some people work really hard. Just for corn. I don't know about you, but we just go to a store and buy it. And we have good corn on the cob that night. We don't work hard for it. But somebody did. I remember as a little child, my parents had a produce farm. I wasn't so little anymore in my late teenage years. And we would get up early in the morning on the summer mornings and go out into the cornfield and out into the... Into the um, large patches of strawberry fields and so on to pull the weeds and cultivate it. And it was hard, back-breaking work. And we didn't get anything until the fall or the season. That's how God is over you and me, his vineyard. He has long patience for bring forth that fruit out of our lives. Take hold of that patience. Believe that God is a patient vineyard caretaker. In John chapter 4, um, sorry, John chapter 1. I'm going through the gospel of John, by the way. And if you want to travel, walk through this gospel with me, I invite you, dear brothers and sisters, through this blessed gospel. 
Because it's a gospel that is, it's reviving my soul. But it's also really challenging me and convicting me that my faith shrunk. Just like you kids sing. Read your Bible less, you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. But worse than that, you can read and memorize your Bible. But if you don't believe what you read, believe enough to obey, you can agree with it. Agreement is not faith. Faith is action. Faith is believing and living to that belief. There's a big difference between agreement and faith. And I think sometimes we get it confused. We say, amen, God, I believe your word. But we go on living like we don't believe it at all. It doesn't change my life or my action of obedience to God's word. And the Lord has been really convicting me about that and challenging my life in many ways. And I'm seeking the Lord for grace and repentance in those areas in my life. Beginning in verse 35, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked upon Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, I don't know what you think when you think of behold. If someone were in a big crowd, someone were to come up to you and say, Hey, Chuck, behold the Lamb of God, what would you do? Would you just go, yeah, yeah, and just keep on conversation? What would you do? You'd look loud? Yes! Okay, good, so we know that meaning. That's what John was saying to the crowd. He was preaching to this big crowd around him, and all of a sudden he quits in the middle of it, and he goes, hey guys, look, behold the Lamb of God. And he was pointing to a man. And the two disciples heard him speak. Two of John's disciples. And he changed their lives forever. They didn't just look. You know what they did? They left John and went walking after Jesus. They followed Jesus. Now that's what you call faith. When someone says, look, you're not just looking, you act. That's what they did. Can you, not all John's disciples did that. Many of them didn't. They continued to follow John. So much so that when John was in prison, ready to die, some of those men came and asked Jesus, Jesus, are you really the one? But not these two men. They did more than look. They followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and beheld them following and said to them, what do you seek? What do you want? What would you say? I want you to, to put you into Andrew and John's shoes. They just started following this guy. They had never seen him before. But John, the man they had hung around with and were following, said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And it so gripped their hearts, they started following Jesus. Jesus must have been walking through the crowd. 
He was going somewhere. And Jesus turns around and goes, what do you want, Addy? What do you want, John? What would you say? Here's what they said. Rabbi, where are you staying? Interesting. That's what they wanted from Jesus? They didn't want a miracle? They didn't want... Are you really the lamb? Where, where do you live, Jesus? Where are you staying? You know what Jesus replied? Come and see. Keep following me. I'll show you where I live. And they kept following. They came, therefore, and saw where he was staying. Verse 39. And they stayed with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. You know what time that was? What was the 10th hour? Anyone know of the day? It was about 7 o'clock in the evening. That's the 10th hour. And, you know, it doesn't tell us what time of the year it was. Maybe it was getting dark. They didn't have flashlights in those days. They didn't have cars they jump into and turn on the headlights. When it got dark, they had to stay at home. So they stayed with him. Can you imagine that stay? Can you? John and Andrew, Jesus invited them to come and stay with him. What do you think they talked about? What do you think happened there? Do you think they just sat around and quietly looked at each other? I don't think so. I think they talked way into the night. Heard Jesus talk. You think it changed their lives? Forever. See, this is our problem. This is why the very presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit living in us maybe doesn't change us so much. We don't come and see. We look. Oh, there's the guy. Behold the Lamb of God. We wave at him in the crowd. We looked at him. But we remain in our life. We remain doing exactly what we've always been doing. Nothing changes. We're like the rest of the disciples. We keep following John. But these two men, they didn't do that. Their faith had action. And that action completely changed their lives. Verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. You know what he does the next day? He doesn't just hang out with Jesus, even though I'm sure that was an amazing time. I'm not sure I wouldn't have, actually. Just stayed there. No, not Andrew. You know what Andrew does? What does he do? Someone tell me. Where does he go the next day? Hmm? Read your Bible, people. It'll change your life. He goes after Peter, his brother. Now, Peter, I don't know where he lived compared to where Jesus lived. But Andrew wasn't hanging around. He was going for Peter, his brother. He became an evangelist overnight. Overnight. Whatever time he had spent with Jesus, soul changed his life. He had to tell his brother the good news. And so he goes and finds Simon Peter, his brother. 
He found first his own brother Simon, verse 41, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, Simon. Simon, we found the Savior. The Messiah, which means Christ. And he doesn't just let him off the hook that easy. He doesn't just tell him and then go back running back to Jesus. He doesn't just knock on his door. Peter, we found Jesus. We found Jesus. You should come to get to know him. And then go back to Peter's house or to, to Jesus' house. Don't. You know what he does? He brings him to Jesus. Hey, Peter, you're coming, bro. You're coming and seeing this guy. You gotta come. I'm not going without you. You're coming, Peter. And he brings his brother. I don't know what that looked like, but he says he brought him. He brought him. Maybe he wrestled him down. I don't know what he did, but he brought him. He brought him to Jesus. And Jesus immediately looks past Andrew. Doesn't say he even complimented Andrew for bringing him. It wasn't about Andrew anymore. It was about Peter. Jesus looked at Peter and said, You're Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas or Peter, meaning a rock. Who would you like to be in Peter's shoes? Your brother tells you something really exciting. This guy they found, you've got to come see him. He's the Messiah. I don't think Peter believed it right away. I don't know, but Peter goes along with him. He believed that much. And then he walks into the house, and this man called Jesus looks him straight in the eye and says, I know who you are. I know your name. But that's not what I'm going to call you. Your name just changed because you are a rock. He speaks directly into Peter's identity, and he changes it just like that. First look, he changes Peter's name, who he is. What do you think Peter felt in his soul? How do you think that affected Peter? I'll tell you how. It didn't transform him into a saint overnight. It changed his identity. How he thought about himself and who he followed changed his life that day. But Andrew wasn't done. The next day, he purposed to go forth into Galilee. And Jesus did. And Andrew and Peter, they follow him. And he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. I want you to see this Jesus. Because is he the Jesus you're following? Is he the Jesus who's spoken to your life? Is he the Jesus who saved you from your sins? He's not a neutral Jesus. He's a life-changing Jesus. And when he speaks his word, it's not just, yeah, behold the Lamb of God. I wonder who that guy is. Well, he's walking through the crowd. I'm staying in my life. Some people related to him like that, but not everybody. A few did not. A few heard Jesus' words and followed him, changed their whole life to walk with this man, to hear him. And to live his life. Now Philip was from Bethesda. The city of Andrew and Peter. Same little town. And his soul changed Philip's life. 
He did exactly what Andrew did. He had a friend called Nathaniel. And he goes and says, Nathaniel! And he tells him and he brings him over. And Nathaniel, he's like, yeah, right. What good thing can come out of Nazareth? Oh, well, I'll come and I'll see. And then he met Jesus. Jesus saw Nathanael, verse 47, coming to him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed. Now this is an honest guy. He's real. He's an Israelite for sure. In whom there's no pretense, no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus said, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him and said, you are the son of God, teacher. You are the son of God. Jesus said, because I said that to you, you now believe? You're going to see much greater things than this, Nathaniel. And he said, verse 51, he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you shall see the angels, the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In your walking with Jesus, what do you want? I think Jesus is asking every one of us that question. What do you want? When Jesus turns around and speaks his living word into your heart and mind, what will you do? What you do is what you want. What you do is what you really want from Jesus. Don't fool yourself. See, we can easily fool ourselves and say, I want this from Jesus. I'll do anything you say, Jesus. I want your grace. I want your truth. I want your peace. I want your love. No, we don't. We want a savior, but we want our own way. That's what I see in my heart. I want to consume it upon my lusts, my own desires of my life. So many times, that's what I wanted from Jesus. Is that what Jesus gave these men? No. What Jesus gave them was a complete change of life. And as they changed and followed him, they got to know him. And he kept changing them. And so it is with you and I. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Will you follow him? And when he speaks his truth to you, what will you do? That's the question for you and I this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray your grace would be upon each one of us. Lord, all of us, many of us have experienced some form of your grace, your forgiveness. We've heard your call in our lives. We heard you call our name. We've responded in some way. Lord, this morning I pray that you would speak your word directly to each one of our souls in a life-changing way. 
And we wouldn't stay. We would follow you. Wherever you lead us. And seek you. Where you're staying. And seek to live there with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. for sharing the word again with us. You know, I was thinking as you were saying in closing how you know, we can say we want this or that from God. We want to follow him in this way, but yet our how we live our life doesn't match up to it. You know, that's that's nothing, it's nothing new for people to uh, try to follow Jesus for selfish reasons. That happened in Jesus' day as well. There were many, in fact, in all likelihood, far more people followed Jesus for essentially the loaves and fishes than what they did for really following his life. It's more for what they could get out of it. Interestingly enough, Jesus didn't run them off. He was limited in what he could do in their lives. There were things he could tell and explain to his disciples because of their level of following him versus those that were following him for loaves and fishes. But he didn't run them off. So, to me that says, if you do find yourself at that point in your life or there is an area of your life where maybe you are just following him for the loaves and fishes. Don't become discouraged and think Jesus is going to run you off. But at the same time, don't be satisfied to just follow for loaves and fishes. He wants to give you more. And just as with the disciples, when he would take them aside and explain things to them that he wasn't able to explain to the multitude. That's what he wants to do for each one of us, too. Thank you, Phil, for sharing the word. Once again, we have lunch that should be ready here shortly, so let's continue to uh, have some uh, fellowship and food and uh, get these young people to have some energy before they go uh, burn it off playing volleyball. So let's all stand and pray, ask the blessing on the food. <clears throat> Thank you, Father, for this time that we've had together to look into your word, to sing and to praise you, to hear from you, and to fellowship together. I, play, I pray that it would be an enriching experience for each one of us. I pray, Father, that as we continue to go through our lives, I pray that you would help us not be satisfied in following you for the loaves and the fishes, but that we would follow you to really hear your heart and to hear what you want for us and from us. And we thank you that we have the promise that 
You will do that for each one of us in our lives as we desire that and as we call on you. And I pray that that would be real in each one of our lives this week. Thank you for the food you have provided for us. Pray your blessing on it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.